Sound check, sound check. Woo woo. Say something, sheep. Something. One, two, one, two. All right. Steelers. That's just like saying the Gators Stop win the national it. championship. Stop it. The Gators have a better chance of winning the national championship than the Steelers the Super Bowl this year. Who's their quarterback? Anthony oh. Yeah, AR 15, boy, don't sleep. Wake up. You sure they're going to put the right guy in this time? <laughs> right? That's what I was about to say. Because last year they had the AR-15, but yeah. That's why that coach is gone now. <laughs> we got a new coach, guys. Joe's left. Joe's went to Louisville, I think. Oh, uh. I took my chip off. Oh, shit. I need to see how this sounds. I want to make sure this. Another edition of the 3B podcast. That is Beer Buds Banter. I am your host. Well, co host. Right. What the fuck was, was my name? <laughs> I think you're looking for uh, Dre Kamikaze. Yes, there. the Heartbreak Kam- Dre Kamikaze here, yes. as usual, with my. Tag team host, the phenomenal Pat Wick. Pat Wick, say what's up to the people. Phenomenally happy to be here for you on this Saturday afternoon. Once again, I am Pat Wick, the phenomenal one. Joined here by my tag team partner, the Heartbreak Kamikaze. Kamikaze, as he's so forgotten. And today, on via via the phone. Yeah. We are joined by the one. The darkness that is known to us as Black Sheep. Black Sheep, welcome back to the show. So happy to have you, sir. How have you been? Yes, sir. Are you as excited as we are, sir, for the kickoff of the football season? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Yes. And with that being said, welcome to the Beer Buds Banter NFL kickoff show yes we've already seen some of us have already seen our teams play a preseason game you know we liked what we saw some of us are still waiting to see our team play a preseason game to know if we like what we see but this show right here this is our best prediction show there is you know this is the show where we decide who's winning which divisions where we decide Who's winning the MVP? Who's going to be the offensive and the defensive rookies of the year? We're also going to do 
Super Bowl predictions as Sheep has demanded. Alright, so Alright, set. Without any further ado, are we going to go divisions or are we gonna go ahead and cap off our list of achievements before we get into our divisional? What would we do, guys? Let's start at the division. The divisions. Alright. Let's tackle um I had planned to start with this division because, you know, we were supposed to have another guest that we didn't have. Um, so let's start with the AFC West because that division should be crazy. You have the Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. The Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. The Las Vegas Raiders. And the Denver Broncos all vying for the top spot of this division. This is the one division where I think all four starting quarterbacks in that division can lead their team to crazy success. It's one of the glaring divisions when it comes to uh, overall success. A lot of people are excited about the this division, Kamikaze and Black Sheep. And, and it's for just reason. You, just like you said, you have four top-tier quarterbacks, basically, most of all, in their prime or going into their prime, you know, and it's just going to it's gonna mix up excitement. Not to mention, you have a former Super Bowl champion in there as well as of, what, three years ago? Yeah, you have two former Super Bowl champions. So if you look at it, it really seems serviceable. Not to mention, you have a rookie of the year, a rookie of the year, Winner and Justin Herbert there. Yes. You have Russell Wilson, a two-time Super Bowl attendee, a one-time winner. Patrick Mahomes, same thing. Two times a Super Bowl, one-time winning. Derek Derek Carr, to me, seems like the one that has the most to prove in this point of his career. Um... I don't think Derek Carr is one of those guys that has a lot to prove. Um, really? No. You know, if you I look- think that at his best, before his injury, with a team that he was comfortable with, you know, he produced. If we're looking at Derek Carr over the years, the problem has never really been Derek Carr. It's been an organizational issue. Not being able to keep the right kind of pieces around Derek Carr so he can ha- have the type of success that he had during that almost MVP year, you know. And then going through last year with the Gruden situation, you know, that's not conducive to winning. Henry Ruggs, you know, what he went through with Henry Ruggs, you know, breaking a leg. Speak on this. <laughs> Literally, com- speak on this, Kamikaze. What are your What is your thought on Derek Carr going into this season? A lot to prove, or does he? You know, wh- I think he's an MVP MVP candidate. Candidate, if I'm looking at these teams going forward, you know, because the division is tough enough as it is with the talented talent at quarterback that you mentioned, the Justin Herbert, your Patrick Mahomes, your Russell Wilsons. You know, so this division is going to be a tough one, and you really have to win games. Correct. You know, like, as a quarterback, you're going to have to win your team some games. Like, it's not going to be, oh, let's rely on our defense, let's rely on our run game. As a quarterback in this division, because the Chiefs can put up 30. 
You know, the Chargers can put up 30. You know, we don't know what Russell Wilson and the Broncos can do. But I think that I believe in Russell Wilson enough to believe that the Broncos can put up 30 if their wide receivers stay healthy. The Raiders are going to have to put up 30 to beat win games in their division. You know, and when you're having to do that, if he's successful at it, that's going to make him an MVP MVP candidate. And he just got the best receiver in football. So, I mean... I want to. I want to hear of the black sheep on this. Black sheep, give us some input on the <coughs> AFC West. Hold on. Let's let's wait for our weekly flyer. <coughs> and we're good. Derek Carr resume compared to McHolmes and Wilson don't stack up. And obviously, they both got Super Bowls. Derek Carr don't. So it's gonna be hard to stack up to them. If we have to pick well, who got most approved, we have to go with either Carr or Herbert because they got the most approved still because their resume is less than the rest. With Herbert, I feel like the progression's there. Every year, we're seeing well, it better no, and better last year, I, I, last year gave me more questions about Herbert than answers. The Chargers had a really good roster. They've had the same team since Herbert got drafted. Their success isn't steadily inclining. It's staying stagnant. Herbert in big game situations seems to shrink. Herbert was in an MVP conversation before the Chargers came to Baltimore last year. Herbert only put up three points in that game for his offense. You know, so I and then how the season ended for them, you know. I don't know. I think Derek Carr proved last year that Herbert's the one that got the most approved. Because wasn't it Raiders Chargers last game of the season to try to get in the playoffs? Correct. Who won that game? The Raiders. I'm just saying. Um, is the question of Patrick Mahomes supporting cast up there at all with this gentleman as far as you know he's getting he's getting off the cheetah, he's going to serviceable guys, not necessarily a top tier guy. But is, is that a question mark going into season, how Patrick Mahomes will look with this? You know, we, you're talking about one receiver from his former receiving course still on the roster, a whole slew of new ones. Is there a question at all with that? Sheep. Yeah, Brett Favre got one. But three straight MVPs, though. He's a quarterback. Not really a playoff winning quarterback, though. And then, and then, okay, okay, but what, what, what's your thought on Patrick Mahomes and his new receiving core? Winning 10, 10 games and 11 games. Like, everybody in that division, I got winning 10 and 11. No more than, like, 11 and no less than 10. 
But you think so? So you do think that the Chiefs supporting that that Patrick Mahomes supporting cast is going to affect his production? Well, I do just due to the fact that I think Travis Kelsey do for injury, and that's what's going to cause him that it's going to be more of Kelsey going down than him leaving Hill this season. I feel like personally. Yeah, I don't think that. I think that people overrate the loss of Tyreek Hill. Okay. Um, now. And Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, yes. It's it's going to take a group of guys to replace the production of Tyreek Hill. What he did was different. He came back to balls that were underthrown. He made linebackers and DBs look foolish because he would just leave them, <laughs> you know. And he would he would he would run under balls that were overthrown. Like he would he had a second gear that like fucking no one else I've ever seen has, <clears throat> you know. So. He's the fastest receiver on his team. He might not be the best wide receiver on his team though. Jalen Wilder is not faster than Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he's faster than him. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> it's not close, bro. The speed, the speed is different with Cheetah. That's why he's a cheetah. Uh, but let me finish my statement. Let me finish my statement though, because I wasn't done. I wasn't done. You feel me? Because I do believe that the group of Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Sky Moore can make up for some of the production that Tyreek Hill, that they'll be missing from Tyreek Hill. I also agree with Sheep that Patrick Mahomes' and his chief season hinges on Travis Kelsey's health. This man is 33, you know? Good point there. So, like, Good point there. he's going to be heavily featured in the offense early on. He's going to take a lot of early hits that could result in injury. And recently, they've been going longer into the postseason, so that's going to have an effect. So let's Okay. So let's go ahead and rank this division. Who is the bottom feeder in this division? Sheep already said it's the Chiefs. I don't think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the Broncos. I'm gonna say it's the Chargers. Chargers the bottom feeder. Bottom but only because it's something about this Broncos defense. And at, certain, and at certain times when they had certain guys, because they have guys that can be serviceable. Right. But when you have a, a – a, I'm not saying Drew Locke is the worst quarterback, but it definitely wasn't the best quarterback for the, for the Broncos on, in certain offensive situations. Russell Wilson corrects that problem. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like there's a hoorah spirit that travels with Russell Wilson where he demands the best out of his players. And right now, they need a leader like that. The Broncos have always seemed to do well when they've inherited a leader like that. Peyton Manning, now Russell Wilson. I feel like to look at them and say bottom feeders because they have what you need to win games. They have players. Except for wide receivers that, that, sh- that have shown me that they can be healthy. Okay. Each of their wide receivers, their top three wide receivers, has dealt with an injury that's kept them out for an end part of a season. Okay. That's my biggest issue. You feel me? Because the run game and Russell Wilson, I believe in. That defense, the Broncos' defense is always somewhat serviceable, even if they don't have names. Right. You know, so I'm not questioning that. What I'm questioning is their ability to compete with these high-powered passing offense, offenses in these division games. I don't think the Broncos will be able to keep up with the Chargers if gotcha. Justin Herbert is on like, like we all believe he can be on. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that, you know, Broncos can keep up with the Raiders if Derek Carr is slinging that pill to Devontae Adams, D- Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro the way he should be. I don't think, you know, like, it's just that's my thing. You, it's, it has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. It has nothing to do with the defense. It has nothing to do with the running backs. Because I think that Williams and Gordon are a good one-two punch. I just don't trust their wide receivers. Um, so should we go ahead and just pick? Our AFC West Divisional winners. Then. Yes. Who do you have winning the AFC West? I have... Go ahead. I have uh, the Los Angeles Chargers winning the AFC West. All right. All right. Los Angeles Chargers for Kamikaze. Black Sheep. I got the Los Angeles Chargers as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the Las Vegas Raiders. Okay. I like that pick, too. All right. Let's jump over to the NFC West. Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks, 49ers. This would be an easy one. Let's all say it in your innocence. Rams. San Francisco. Really? Wasn't that easy, was it? Niners. I, I think it's the Niners as well. Uh, do you want to put Do you want to put a little something on that uh, black sheep? Because I know you you've got a lot of pointers on the 49ers. Yeah, man. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. Trey Lance. All right. So besides. I top five defense and maybe the number one passing defense this year. They're gonna surprise a lot of people. They're gonna they got a, they got a great, a, a, a excellent going core in the secondary, which is scary because they always had Nick Bosa and Fred Wagner. <coughs> now you got all these young talented DBs, man. That defense is even better than their offense, and their offense is gonna be pretty good this year. I think with once your team gets over this Jimmy G where he's going to go, which I don't even think is a concern anymore. Look, I love Trey Lance. I believe in the Niners uh, to have success. But winning the division 
I think y'all over y'all 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 giving that man too much credit for not even doing nothing. I don't look. I don't look at it from a Trey Lance perspective. I look at it from a defensive running game perspective. They have both. They have a coach that likes to to service both. But you got the curse of the Cardinals and the Rams offenses, where they're going to pass the ball a lot. A curse know? of what exactly? I have a curse of an organization that will go to a Super Bowl. And then not succeed the best the next couple of years, then go to another Super Bowl, and then now they will obviously. Yeah, I think they're on that trajectory. Right. Yes, but I just think this is the first year of that trajectory where they don't make it to the playoffs. And so, then we. Yes, I do think that they will finish, you know, top three in their division. And then we, I just think that it's closer to three than it is one. And I want to I want to hear your perspective on the Cardinals. As far as why anybody would think that, like... Their weapons, bro. Their weapons don't get serviced unless the quarterback is available for all 17 games. Yeah. They're going to finish second in that division. I have the Cardinals finish second second in that division. And to me, Murray has not shown me a 17-game season. Neither has Trey Lance. Neither has Trey Lance. You're right. <laughs> that's my thing. But that's though. only because of an organizational problem between two quarterbacks. That wasn't because Trey Lance wasn't a better quarterback. They just didn't know what to do with their quarterback situation. Yeah, but I still Aaron think... Aaron Ross has played one game in his first three years. Aaron Ross has played one game in his first three years. All right, so... I still, I still think that the Rams are going to own this division. Uh, I know Stafford got his little elbow injury or what, whatnot. I just think that coming off the high of that Super Bowl and that success, if they can keep... Getting the ball to Cooper Cup. They have Allen Robinson. Cam Akers is healthy. I just think that team is going to dominate the division in a different kind of way than they did last year. Okay. And they're going to show versatility. So, I, I just that's why I have the Rams winning that division. I have the Cardinals at second. Just because no matter what you take away from this Cardinals offense as far as skill position-wise, bro, you're always like, damn, but they still got this dude. They still got this dude. Like, Kyler Murray has... A dream field of weapons. Yeah, he, he he's gonna be without Hopkins for eight games. Marquise Brown might get suspended, right. you know, but we don't know about that yet. We don't know, you know about it yet. But when you look down his roster, he still got guys that I believe in, you know. So it's like, damn. Well, I mean, and then my rookie of the year is coming from the Cardinals, so I'm well, sticking with the Cardinals. All right. Uh, and then I have the 49ers coming in third, and the Seahawks is last. Because right. I don't believe in Gino. All right. Black Sheep. All right. Well, I got, I got the Niners, Cardinals, Rams in that order. Okay. So. I have the Niners, uh, Rams, Cardinals, Seahawks. Yeah, Seahawks. All right. See, this, this is good, though. You know, we all, all, right. we all all over the place. All right. Let's move to the next division because right. we got, we got, we on the time crunch. Remember. AFC East. All right, let's go to the AFC East. The AFC East is the Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, and Jets, right? Yeah. All right. Do we all agree on this one at least? It's going to be the Bills. The Bills. Do you want to go ahead and break that news that you told me this morning? Which one? For the Jets. 
uh, Zach Wilson has a bone bruise. Yeah, the report house in it. It's a bone bruise. Oh, she's going to be out like, what was it? Four to six months? Two to four weeks. Two to four weeks? Two to four weeks? Okay. Is, is it me or is this division type of forming up to what it used to be where you had a serviceable division before obviously the creation of Tom Brady and the Patriots run this division was type of a you know three team race depending on how your team worked out with either the Dolphins by that time was still under Dan Marino you had yeah. your Drew Bledsoe which was under the Patriots and then you had um, the uh, Bills, which were still under the the Kim, the Jim Kelly regime. Right. So where the Jets were kind of that you know unknown kind of product with Vince Vince, Vince Testaverde. It, it, it sort of reminding me of this now because now with the the information that you're giving me, he's not going to probably start the season. Well, it's one to two weeks, so it's not really, you know, as major. I mean, two to four weeks, so it's not really as major as okay. Um, what we initially thought, which okay. we thought was going to be an ACL right, well, tear, and they're going in to repair it. So okay, he, he, yes, he's not going to be ready for week one. So okay, well then we might I, get Joe Flacco. Kind of changes my opinion then. Yeah, because he's yeah. All right, so okay, so let let me change my opinion. It's, AFC East are, is becoming one of those annoying divisions. Obviously, you have your West uh, gaining a lot of notoriety this year. You have your AFC North, which speak for themselves. Your AFC East we're gonna team... We're going to be the first division to send every team to the playoffs. Watch, mark my words. It with, ain't going to happen until the AFC North goes. You know, with, with obviously the Patriots being who they are, the Dolphins acquiring a lot of talent, a lot of question marks as far as, far as what their success could be. And then you have the Buffalo Bills, which, you know, glaringly in most lists should be the top team of your division. Right. But but to me, you look at what the Jets have acquired over the past few seasons with their draft picks and what they've been able to do with them, they have the ability, if they can start off the right way, to really just build this young team up. You know, they just need the right pieces, which I feel like they, they're, they're collecting Kamikaze and Black Sheep over time. They went in and got a great serviceable running back in Breeze, which I feel like, you Breeze. know, Breeze, which down the road I feel like could be very serviceable what they want to do as far as run and pass the ball. I like Breeze Hall a lot. I, don't, I, 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 unlike Sheep, don't think he's going to bust. No. I think, I think what they've acquired, you know, they're, they're going to build an offensive line. They've got weapons on the outside. Like, I feel like their defense. But I still feel like they're a quarterback away. I don't believe in Zach Wilson. Well, what do we know about him? We we've, we've know had, we've that... Had, we've had one season, right? We know that he's soft. We've had one season with him. We know that he's soft. All right. Okay. Saying what that about the Jets now, <laughs> we have New England, the Dolphins, and the Buffalo Bills, which I'll, I'll leave Buffalo for last. Because Talk- here's the thing. The toughest spot is where do you put New England... And where do you put the Dolphins? Because I kind of believe in the Dolphins this year. The addition of Tyreek Hill obviously helps with that. Right. You know, um, they've got a couple of running backs like Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert. Like, guys that, like, are sneaky good. You feel me? Like, if Tua does not prove me to be right and break his hip this year, 
Because it has to be before the end of this year right. for me to be right. Right. Can't happen next year because either way I'm, I'm going to be wrong. I said before this year. Okay. Yeah, has to break his hip. If Tua does not make me correct, if he makes me a liar, the Dolphins could very well be higher in this division than the Patriots. And you still see a lot of Brian Flores' foundation of, of his defense presence there, you know, in their defense. So to me, Miami's that really surprised team in this division because I don't really know what their ceiling could be. Their talent got, tells me they have a really high ceiling. Yeah, like three of the highest play players on that on their team are cornerbacks. Like that's how much they value their defense. You know, so like the defense alone is something to brag about. That's why it always is going to hinder on Tua's health. Is the hip really, you know, a big issue? If is it if is it a nothing thing? You know, because if it's a nothing thing, then me drafting Tua in every fantasy league I've been in would pay off. And then to me, there's always the question mark with, you know, are the Bills going to have a bad season or, or are they ever going to go over the, the hump when it comes to playoff victories, eclipse to where they can be that team now that, that people <coughs> I mean, Josh Allen had that game one last year. And then, then you go into the rule changes, obviously, this year with their overtime rules. You look at, you know, this division could go a lot of different ways. You have Mac Jones going into year two now, you know, kind of doing the same thing they always will probably do, play good defense, run the the ball. I'm going to go on a limb here just to change, switch things up. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins. As the divisional winner? As the divisional winner this year. Well, I'm still going with the Bills. Cheap. Well, that was easy enough. Yep. All right, now let's jump over to the NFC East. Eagles, Cowboys, Commanders, Giants. Uh, the Eagles are going to win this division. Cowboys. And I thought I was the Cowboys fan. Um, with what they acquired in the draft this year, the, the Eagles, as well as the, the player and the draft picks, I feel like they're, they're right now here in the yeah. hunt. And I think with what you have, for me, as far as what you do with Zeke Ariel Elliott, in their backfield for the Dallas Cowboys That's because if you pay the man, you're going to have to play the man. Otherwise, you will get a, a, a built-in toxic environment in Dallas and then exactly not what you want. I feel like what, what the Eagles have done, they've done enough to tell, to tell Jalen Hurts that this is your team to win now. We're gonna t- you're going to take this team as far as you can take it. We've given you the pieces Right. We've given you the A.J. Browns. And I think that Jalen Hurts will take the ball and run with it, especially in this division where it only takes about sometimes eight eight or nine wins to win this division. I can say that, you know, the Eagles can win 10 games and win this division easily. You know, uh, the Cowboys could threaten, could be that one team that's going to threaten them. But there's no way I'm believing a Carson Wentz-led team is going to do make any noise or a fucking Giants team that can't get out of their own fucking way. I think with what you look at the quarterback position, you've got to look at Jalen Hurts and say that he'll probably outplay Dak Prescott this year. So you're picking the Eagles. I am picking the Eagles in the AFC, NFC East. All right, we're done with that division. Let's jump over to the AFC South. All right. You have the Colts, the Titans, the Texans, and the Jaguars. 
Who do we think are winning this division? I I I, I hate to agree with the sheepness. I think this is going to be our first unanimous one. Um, just because I don't trust Derrick Henry's foot anymore. So I can confidently go in the season and believe that he will be hurt. Um, Texans don't have enough firepower. And they're still dealing with backlash from the Deshaun Watson situation. So, I mean, and the Jaguars, I need to see it to believe it. T-Law... I think he's good, but I think that his situation in Jacksonville is going to ruin his career. I think we all unanimously just went to Colts for the first time on this show. They didn't have everything they need to win that division. They looked great last year when Carson Wentz was not being Carson Wentz. You know, and then eventually Carson Wentz turned into Carson Wentz, and then they all turned into pumpkins. But with Matt Ryan, I think that this is an opportunity for a career resurgence for him. And that's going to propel the Colts to win this division and make the playoffs. And go into the AFC Championship game. Yeah, all right, shut the fuck up. Against whom? Baltimore right. Ravens. Right. Against the Chargers. I yeah, mean, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. All right, so all right. does that bring up the NFC South? Since well, we I want to skip past the okay. NFC South. Okay. Okay, go for it, it. Yeah, let's do the NFC North first. Go for it. Vikings. Vikings. All right, so you got the Packers, the Vikings, the Bears, the Lions. Pack- Packers finish third. Vikings win, Lions finish second. Bro! Why did you just rank them the same way I have them ranked? The Vikings win that division, though. Yes! Okay. I have the Vikings winning this division. Yes. I have the Lions finish second. I have the Packers finishing third. I have the Bears finishing fourth. Yes, exactly in that order. You got a great for us. Yeah. <laughs> we all know I believe in Dan Campbell and his Lions defense tremendously. Amaran St. Brown showed me last year that he's a quarterback that if you put the ball in his vicinity, he's going to make a catch. He's a tough player. He's a small player, but he's tough. He ain't no Hollywood Brown looking to avoid a hit or two. You know, shit like that. So, um, yes, I have the Lions finishing second. I have Kirk Cousins and the Vikings finishing first because I just think that Kirk Cousins is the best game-managing quarterback in the league right now. Game-managing quarterback in the league right now. Remember that. Don't Because I don't want no soundbite with nobody trying to fucking say, oh, you said Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback. No. Best game-managing quarterback in the league. And I think Justin Jefferson is a top-five wide receiver. But I think Adam Thielen is top 25. What's crazy is I think Osborne is top 50. And they got three three decent tight Well, no, they only got two now because uh, Rudolph is gone. But they got two decent tight ends. So I just think Kirk Cousins is going to play a bit above his median. So there you go. Oh, you know, I I didn't have a horse in the race. I I figured if Aaron Rodgers can win with this lineup, he deserves to be MVP. But I don't think he can win with this lineup. I feel like the Lions have acquired over the past three years pieces that, to me, would assemble 
the one would, thing would about the Lions that held them from being my division winner, because I so badly wanted to make them my division winner, is Jared Goff. It's not it. Yeah, I agree. They did acquire a quarterback in the draft. We'll see how that plays out. To me, Chicago, they have pieces, but the defense to me is too glaring of a question mark to believe And Roquan Smith, breaking news, has requested a trade out of Chicago. So, that's even more impact to your um, argument. Defense, yeah, your argument, your defensive, you know, Wolves argument. So, I mean, the Vikings to me make the most sense. I just didn't have a horse race. Detroit looks like they could be there, but you're right. It looks frisky, bro, but I just don't believe in Jared Goff. Right, I don't believe in Jared Goff. Kirk Cousins. Does he win me a game? Does he lose me a game? He does neither. He just manages a game. Right, but if I feel the like if you... the pieces around him are playing great that day, if he's going to look If the pieces around him are healthy, I feel like the Vikings could win this division. So I'll go with you, and we'll make it the second division we all agree with. Damn. That, 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 that ain't going the way but, I expected but, it to. But, but I'll, I'll tell you this. I thought I was going to be called out for being an idiot for not picking the Packers. If Aaron (laughs) Rodgers has success, he will be a three-time MVP, MVP, which would match Well, it won't be three-time because he's already a three-time MVP. No, I'm saying. Just would be three in a row. Three in a row, which would match Brett Favre's 94, 95, 96 MVP run. Yeah, if the the Packers win this division with what uh, Aaron Rodgers has, and... Let's not sleep on guys like A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones because those guys in the backfield are fine. We're talking about the wide receiver corps and the tight end, Robert Tanyan, coming right. off of a torn ACL. No. That's what we're talking about. We're right. not disrespecting the running back. No, we're not disrespecting you know, the running back. We're not dis- I already think Aaron Rodgers is overrated, but that's, that's yeah, just and my feel, personal And I opinion. feel like the relationship <laughs> between the coach and quarterback isn't as strained as people think it might be. No, I don't think it is either. I feel like that's a, 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 a media thing that's been blown away everywhere. I feel like the two, they're... They're the the two like minded individuals. I think they killed them, that killed that 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 uh, narrative by winning Aaron Rodgers back to back MVPs. But I, 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 but I just <laughs> make that point is like when you have two like individuals, are gonna butt heads sometimes. But at the end of the day, they still want the same thing. All, all right, right, now we're jumping back to the AFC since we all think the Vikings will win that division. And you know it's the last division in the AFC, the best division in the AFC, the AFC North. Did I say that right? No, I think I said it wrong. No, it's the AFC North. We got the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Cleveland Browns. Who's winning this division? Go ahead, Pat. I have one team um, by the bay. And that team is the Baltimore Ravens winning this division. If you look at their luck last year, if you look at success when it comes to quarterbacks in their final contract year before their big contract, you've seen a glaring uh, strategic of success when it comes to those type of performances you get on those type of years. You look at the running game, the defense, if everybody's healthy, they could do it. To me, there were a lot of question marks 
one, Deshaun Watson in Cleveland, when he'll finally be able to play, what can he play like? Number two, Kenny Pickett or Mitch He Tr- went one for seven for about 65 yards yesterday and got booed by everybody in the stadium, even including yeah, Brown fans. So good, that's what he can do when he can play. Good, good, <laughs> good point there. Uh, you know, Mitch Trubisky. And that was against backups, by the way. Kenny, right? Kenny Pickett, to me, are two glaring question marks that Pittsburgh will have to address. Now, their running game. Mitch Trubisky is their starter. Not, well, their running game and their defense, to me, is still sound. Yeah. But when you have a question mark. And their running at, game got better with the addition of one Master T out of the University. I mean, the Ohio State University. I forgot the whole fucking phrase. <laughs> just, I just had to mention that. And then you go Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, 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 you missed an important part about What's the Steelers. That wide receiver corps is legit, bro. Like, listen, listen to this. They got Deontay Johnson. They got Chase Claypool. They got fucking George Pickens. <coughs> they got Miles Boykin. <laughs> oh, I just had to throw that in there. Oh. But uh, I really think Pat Fryermuth finished as a top three tight end. It's going to go Andrews, Kelsey. I mean, Andrews, Kelsey, Fryermuth if Kelsey is healthy. Or Andrews, Fryermuth, Waller if Kelsey gets hurt. And that's all dictated on what? Success on the quarterback. But... When you look when you look at when you look at the history, when you put a good team around Mitch, he gives you success. When you give him good coaching, he gives you success. He's not the best, but he's up there if you we talking about best game managing quarterbacks in the league, you know. He's up there with the Bakers, the 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 the, the, the Kirks. He's probably top five game managers if we listen listen to them. Alright. Um, um who I got coming out of the north? Who you think I got? Yeah, that wasn't a hard one. Who you think I got? You got Cincinnati? I got Cincinnati coming out of the north. So you are absolutely right. Damn, for real? Yeah, I got Cincinnati coming out of the north. I think Joe Barrow is going to be an MVP candidate. I think that Jamar Chase is going to be an Offensive Player of the Year candidate. I don't think last year for them was an aberration. I think those two dudes are those dudes. You feel me? I do think that it's going to come down to the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. Sadly, we finished second because we still have a lot of pieces that we have to have acclimated. And I'm a little worried about what's going on with my rookie center. So I had to, you know, mention that we are one of these teams that are going to rely on a lot of young wide receivers, unproven wide receivers. I just need to see that work for me to fully believe it can work. I just hope that the offense is ran through our tight ends as far as the passing game goes, because I think that's where we can, you know, sneak up on, on, on a league and actually conquer this division. But I just don't believe that Greg Roman sees our offense the way I see our offense. So I'm going with the Cincinnati Bengals to win the division. I do have the Ravens making the playoff as a wild card. 
Um, I do have us winning 11 games. So, I ain't burying us. I'm just not as high on us as I am on Cincinnati and what I saw last year. All right, Black Sheep, give us that. Give us that last pick of the AFC North, baby. What a surprise. <laughs> Are you really taking the Steelers? Deep picks for motherfucking Steelers. Oh, wow. That's Homer. I got the Steelers finishing third in the division. Any more input on that, Con or a Black Sheep? Camp is if Pat, if uh, Mike Tomlin. I mean, we go from the top of the office all the way down to the bottom to our kicker. Well, well, you still ain't got the goat. Justin Tucker is still him. So, I mean, Robbie Gold, Robbie Gold never missed a kick. Y'all don't got Robbie Gold. Y'all got y'all got Boswell. Can't argue with that. I mean, that that's all good, but Justin Tucker is seventeen for seventeen in game in game winning kicks in the final minute of any game in any at any point. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm Justin Tucker got the longest field goal in the history of the game. Justin Tucker has the highest career kick percentage. So yes, that one stat that Robbie Gold has is pretty good, but. Justin Tucker got accolades, my guy. Accolades. <laughs> All right, so Pat goes Ravens. I appreciate that. I'm glad you believe in us more than I do. I went Cincinnati because Joe Burr and Jamar Chase, they are the real truth. And when you, when you see something in Cincinnati that works, you, you know it's for real. It reminds me of Carlson Parma and uh, Chad Ochocinco. Uh, Mr. I'm going to tip everybody, every uh, server, $1,000 and remind them that I played with myself on Madden and scored six, six touchdowns. <laughs> but, yeah, and then, uh, of course, Sheep goes Homer and pick the Steelers, which if you think about it, like, if the Steelers overachieve they could potentially win this division because I, I mean I don't not believe in the Steelers. I just think that the Ravens got something to prove. Lamar has something to prove. But the Bengals are going to remind us that they are here and we are going to have to compete in this division. All right. So now we go to the last division, the NFC. The NFC, NFC South. What's going to base? To my offensive player of the year. Offensive okay, the year. so it's the Buccaneers, the Saints, the Falcons, and the Panthers. Who is winning this division? Go, Kamikaze. It's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yes, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has, have offensive line problems. Yes, they lost their starting center, their fucking backup center. Yes. 
they lost their left and right guards. Yes, they still have the go at quarterback. His name is Tom Brady. And when you look at what everybody else has going on in this division, the only people that can really compete are really going to be the Saints. Are going to be the Saints, you're right. You know, and if the Saints could do what I think they can do under a healthy Jameis, yes, they will, you know, give the Bucks a run for their freaking money. They might beat the Bucks twice this year. I mean, that's what the Saints do anyway. Right. You know, but as far as the Falcons and the Panthers, like, I think there's too many questions there than answers for both of those teams. Um, the Panthers just pick up picked up a great game manager in Baker Mayfield. But I think that he's going to be so in his head that he's not going to be the same quarterback once the lights are under him. Mm-hmm. Even though I think he wins that starting job over Sam Donald. The Falcons have an issue where they have Marcus Marioli. They have Desmond Ritter. I think they should throw Desmond Ritter in there. But they're probably going to start with Marcus Mariota. Correct. The Saints. I want I want to believe in the Saints, but the Buccaneers and Tom Brady. The Buccaneers got Tom Brady, and I don't bet against Tom Brady straight up. So, what it is, she? You next. Contest. I think if you see what he's done over his career when it's come to question marks about his line and the play of his line, you'll always see success behind Tom Brady. Now, because if I ain't got the protection, I'm just going to throw the ball faster. And that's how you, Tom Brady If you does look it. at his – that was my next point. If you look at his release – when it comes to seconds, it's out within three or four seconds anyways. And you're talking about the get the best guy when it comes to going to the line and reading what defenses can do. And Tom will adjust because he ha- will have the weapons available Bro. for him to adjust. You're talking about a guy that could probably eclipse <coughs> 5,000 yards Let's again. Listen. Let's listen. Mike Evans. Mike Evans. Chris future Godwin. Hall of Famer. Chris Godwin. Future... Future highest paid wide receiver. Uh, Russell Gage. Russell Gage. Probably be a thousand yard slot man by the end of the season. Tyler Johnson. Tyler Johnson. Very underrated, but very good for what Tom Brady likes. He's a Julian Edelman type player, and you know what Tom can do with a guy like him. Not to mention the next red zone target for one Tom Brady this year, one Julio Jones. Julio motherfucking Jones. Running game. Cameron Bray, Cameron who Bray. is a good uh, tight end. He had Gronk in front of him a couple of years, so he couldn't show it. But this is the year we see the Cameron Bray before Gronk got there. I think you look at Cameron Bray's intelligence and you look at a guy that can be serviceable. Now, can he do what Gronk can do all the time? No. Not, no. no. But can he be serviceable at the tight end yes. position? Yes. I feel like... There will be another tight end coming in that will service Did y'all Tom. get Kyle Rudolph? We did get one Kyle Rudolph, which will be again I another red him. zone target. So, not to mention, you have Todd Bowles now, which will further ensure our success at defense. Yes. If we can just shore up our secondary, 
We say this every year about y'all secondary, and then they just play better than we expect. So, the secondary will do what it does. They will overachieve. Devin White will do what Devin White does. Look for Devin White to be possibly a defensive player of the year by the end of the season. Candidate. Well, no, I already know who my defense player of the year. You ain't putting no thoughts in my head. No, I'm just saying, as a possible front runner as that candidate. Okay. Oh, Pat got to pick his division winner real quick. Oh, it was the Bucks. The Bucks? Okay. Oh, yeah, the Bucks. All right, go ahead. All right. Go ahead. Go ahead, though. Go ahead. All right, so we're going to start with your offensive rookie of the year. Let me let me see let me mention some notable names that are in the conversation already. Christian Watson, Traylon Burks, Drake London, Brees Hall, and Kenny Pickett. My guy is out of Arizona. Tight end, Trey McBride will win the offensive rookie of the year. Good one. Who you got, Pat? I got one. Chris Olave from the New Orleans Saints has been lining it up in preseason. I feel like it's going to continue. Yeah, my boy's been smoking. I feel like when starting he, cornerback packs. <laughs> I feel like when you look at who's going to be covering him, probably your second or your third best quarterback. Oh, he's going to treat them like they dirt. He's going to show them that they'll need a roadmap when it comes to covering one Chris Olave. I like that pick. All right, Chief, give it to us. Who is your... You got from the Kansas City Chiefs, wide receiver, Sky Moore. Yes, sir. Sky Moore. All right, go with your... I'll go with the defensive rookie. Uh, Defensive rookie of the year. I want to hear Sheep's first because I don't know this one. I just knew his offensive rookie of the year. Nicobe Dean, Mr. Soft Tissue Injury. Okay. All right. Kamikaze. She, uh, I'm going last on this one. Okay. I'm going to go with one Derek Stingley Jr. Going from Tech, the Houston Texans. feel like he's going to continue to show out and show you and everybody why he was should have been the first overall. Was he the first overall? No, he was not. Trayvon okay. Walker was the first overall pick. No, no, as far as far as quarterbacks, was it Messenger was audio. It Strong? Was it Rid- Riddle? The guy from Cincinnati, was he first or was it Yes sir? Okay, but Derek Stanley Jr. defensive rookie of the year for me. All right. Well, the reason why I wanted to go last on this because we all know who I thought was the best player in this draft. We all know who fell to fourteen. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We all know who the Baltimore Ravens drafted. The defensive rookie of the year is going to be one, Kyle Hamilton. Because we are going to ask this kid to do a lot for us. This kid is going to play center field. This kid is going to play on the line. He's going to ask to stop the run. He's going to be asked he will be to... Your, he will be your new Ed Reed. He's going to be asked to mimic Ed Reed as best as he possibly can. And I believe in his smarts. I believe in his range, and I believe in his uh, 
ability to identify and cover the football. In that preseason game, I saw everything I needed to see from him on his first defensive drive. All right. Kyle so, Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton. All right, go ahead with your uh, reg- or your NFL regular season defensive player of the year. This is going to start with Pat Wood because uh, I started the first one. She started okay, I will go with what I will go with. I had two choices before this person, and then I kind of came up with a scenario where I think this guy will have success because overall his team will have success. And I hope I'm saying this correctly. Darius Leonard. That's not his name no more. <laughs> oh, what is his name now? <laughs> Shaquille in it. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, he changed his name to his middle name because that's what his family called him. Okay, well then I'm, I apologize. Shaq Leonard, linebacker from the Indianapolis Colts, yeah. right? Yeah. No, hey, his name is Darius Leonard, bro. But it's Darius Shaquille in it, so he wants everybody to call him Shaquille, so we can't call him uh, All right, Darius. so I will call him that. Now, I will tell you I had Joey Bosa <laughs> before that because I, I feel like the Khalil Mack trade to the San Diego Chargers will affect... That line. The what Chargers? The Los Angeles Chargers. Okay. What did I say? San Diego. What? Oh shit. Yeah. Well then I'll go with Joey Bosa then. Okay. I'll go with Joey Bosa. I feel like the the Cleo Matt trade. Will bolster that line enough to where you will see if he is healthy, of course. Joey Bosa doing what Bosa's do. I have one guy uh, uh, that's going to be in my, that I believe is going to be the defensive player of the year. And unlike my defensive rookie of the year, this is a completely unbiased opinion because I think this guy going back to back. Back, back to back. back. Okay. Back to back. Because I think T.J. Watt is just that good. You feel me? The NFL robbed this man on a sack last year. It was against my Ravens that cost him his record. You feel me? And I feel like he's going to be out on a mission to get that record because he had the record and the NFL stole it from him. And that's what's going to thri- lead him to being the defensive player of the year. Going back to back. Black Sheep. Micah Parsons, good one, good motor. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good, good one. Good motor right there. I like that. I like that. A I like lot. that so far for all all of these. We all got different guys. All right. So who wants to start the offensive player of the year? Offensive play. Offensive player of the year is Sheep's turn to start that one. Black uh, Kamikaze. 
I have two guys here that I was stuck between. Uh-huh. I'm going to make a decision in this moment right now and say that the offensive player of the year is going to be one, Devontae Adams, the best wide receiver in the league. I have a guy that well-deserved Offensive Player of the Year last year. And I don't think he deserves to not be put on this offensive because what the man can do offensively is amazing. And I speak of one Debo Samuels. Okay. And I feel like with the presence of now Trey Lance and now the uh, you know, money does amazing. I like that pick a lot, though. Oh, man. Oh, Justin like- Jefferson and Devontae Adams, they seem like obvious picks, right? Debo Sam, you seem like that guy that does everything for your team that nobody even Considers, appreciates. You know, when you're very- talking about this, right? Because he did a lot more for anybody's team last year than Cooper Cup. And his only argument was in the offseason was pay me. Mm-hmm. I've done this for you. I've given you this body of work. I've given you over 800 yards rushing and over 1,000 yards passing or receiving. You need to pay me. All purpose. All right, let's go. All right, so Debo Samuel, Devontae Adams, and Justin Jefferson are our uh, offensive. offensive players of the year. Now let's go to MVP. Uh, MVP. 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 MVP for me was easy. One of y'all stole my MVP pick. MVP for me was easy. He's going into his 45th year of life. He is ru- he's come back from retirement now twice. I'm speaking of one Tom Brady. If you look at the the... Obstacles that are ahead of him. You mentioned the offensive line woes, but we did mention the offensive offensive weapon gains right. that one Tom Brady did. And I feel like if you can give me a winning record with that offensive line and with the weapons you have offensively, you have the possibility, Tom, to not just get to five thousand. You could be one of those guys See, that, that just breaks my pick on the fly again. That 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 could break Records. I mean, let's just throw out the records. He's going to be playing behind a, a practically brand new offensive line. Yeah, and what's the one thing to do to fuck Tom Brady up? Hit him in the mouth. That's Correct. A, that's more of a worry for me, you know, than, than, than a reason to promote him to be MVP candidate. You know, now I do think the Bucks are going to win that division, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as you think it's going to be. No, it's not easy, but that's... Y'all play the Baltimore Ravens. That's the flavor. We're coming to hit Tom Brady in no, the no, mouth. And, I, mouth. and I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> including the offensive line woes. Right. He coming to hit Tom Brady no, in the motherfucking mouth. That, that's my, <laughs> you play the AFC North this year, man. Was, you that, need that, a line. That was my. That was my, <laughs> one of my points, too. If you look at who we're playing this year, we're playing Aaron Rodgers. We're playing Patrick Mahomes. We're playing. See, you worried about Lamar who's Jackson. on the other side of no, the offense. No, but I'm saying, I'm saying though, team, that we're, we're going to be playing these great defenses from the AFC North. This is going to be all added to the flavor when it comes to agreeing with me that Tom Brady will be the next MVP of the league. Homer pick. 
No. <laughs> it's all right. If the success is there, there's nothing that you can say that will beat. If he throws, oh, if he throws for 5,000 yards, you got to say, okay. He's not throwing 5,000 yards with that offensive line, bro. All you right. need time to throw the ball downfield. We'll see. You need to be able to throw the we'll ball see. downfield with 5,000 yards. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Sheep, MVP. Probably the reason why he has it, them winning the division, correct? Exactly. Another division, man. I ain't go figure. All my guys, when it comes to offense and defense, offensive players of the year and the MVP are winning divisions, too. All right. Kamikaze. All right. So, my MVP of this 2022 season will be one Joseph Barrow. Also, a division winner by my prediction because I think that the numbers we saw last year will increase. You know, I had Jamar Chase in my conversation for offensive player of the year. I just think that Devontae Adams proving, you know, that, you know, he's him right. is going to conquer all. And plus, I didn't want to pick the offensive player of the year to be on the same team as my MVP, and I knew I was going to pivot from Derek Carr to Joe Barrow anyway uh, because I just believe in them. Like, I believe that they, those guys are them, you know, and if they win an MVP, that's great because usually the league MVP don't win a Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> Let's go Baltimore. All right, All that right. was our predictions right, for the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. What's your Super Bowl matchup? I ain't think about that. Uh, I got the Ravens versus the Cardinals. care be honest with you I, I i really don't think any of our picks will really pan out uh i'll go i'll go on a limb and say i'll say the colts versus the philadelphia eagles i almost went ravens versus eagles i'll go colts versus the eagles i got buffalo versus the vikings oh you believe in Kirk cousins for real huh I mean, but you believe in them to get there. I don't think the Vikings are going to be that good. I got the Vikings beating the Cardinals in the NFC, and I got the Buffalo beating the Colts in the NFC. Y'all both literally picked the other two teams I was thinking about to go, which is crazy. Cardinals, right. Cardinals, right. I just thought about that on the fly. I didn't even think about it. So that is our NFL portion of our show today. Black you got shit he has to do. I need to go grab me another beer. We're going to take us a little break. And then we will come with the tribute. Uh, Well, no. Not a tribute from us. A tribute from someone from a league to a player that some of us may or may not agree with. That's all I'm going to say about that. We'll be back.
but don't talk about it. We're well, bring this in so we can talk about it. Three, two. I already played. Oh. All right. Welcome back to the Three B Podcast. Beer Buzz Banter. Beer Buzz Banter. Three B Podcast. I'm here with your heartbreak kamikaze. And I'm here with the phenomenal Pat Wood. Sheep is no longer here in our, you know, stable. But we got some things to discuss. That is correct when it comes to things to discuss there, kamikaze. And we speak of one, once again, Bill Russell. Who? Rest in peace, Bill Russell. The basketball player and the active activist. I don't want anything that I have to say about what we're about to talk about to shape what people think my opinion is about you. You're a great basketball player, great man in activism, but just some shit I don't agree with, and Pat will tell you what I don't agree with. Uh, The NBA will be honoring the legacy of the Boston Celtic legend Bill Russell by retiring the number six jersey for all 30 teams, Kamikaze. The league and the National Basketball Players Association announced this on Thursday. Russell will officially become the first player kamikaze in NBA history to have his jersey retired league-wide. Additionally, all NBA players will wear the commemorative patch on the right shoulder for this 2022-23 season. And every court kamikaze will have a display of a shamrock-shaped logo with the number six Russell on their sideline near their scoreboard table. Now, we all know un, uh, Bill Russell's unparalleled success on the court and a pioneer for civilized rights activism deserve to be honored in a unique and historic way, uh, said by one NBA commissioner, Adam Silver. Now, the this is one thing I wanted to bring up as far as to regards Kamikaze as anybody that's wearing six now. Um, permanently retiring number six across every team ensures that Bill uh, obviously transcends his career and will be recognized. No NBA team will be allowed to issue the number six to any player. Players who currently wear number six, such as our you know uh, LeBron James from the Los Angeles Lakers, may continue to do so, according with other basketball uh, References as far as 25 players, including uh, Christoph Porzingis, Alex Caruso, Montrez Harold, Lou Williams. They can all still wear their six continuously, but no new issued number sixes will be given out continuously. Um, when you look at the history of NBA, it starts with those Celtics teams, Kamikaze. Um, when it comes to the ambassador of NBA, Bill Russell was always that guy. Uh, when you look at activists and what a lot of our favorite NBA stars in the NBA are doing more of becoming activists, uh, you look at Bill Russell being the glaring uh, beginning of that rooted into the NBA. To me, this is a, a, a honor and a right that Bill Russell, Bill Russell has deserved kamikaze. With all due respect to Commissioner Silver, Bill Russell, his family, you, my tag team host, the phenomenal one, um, you guys keep saying that Bill Russell deserves 
this. Um, deserves. I think that's an opinion. Okay. I am also a Lakers fan. I understand that. And to have to see my team forced to honor a Boston Celtic is, you know, kind of a shot in the nuts. Um, now, I was worried that guys that wore six currently would have to change their number. Right? Their number. So that was, like, my biggest thing. Alleviating that makes it a little less easier to swallow. But I'm still a motherfucking Lakers fan. He was still a motherfucking Boston Celtic. I don't want the fucking cloverleaf on my on my jersey or my floor. But and now I understand the logic behind the whole retiring this number. So no new issues. Okay, I get that. But no new issues. Couldn't the Lakers have been excluded from this? You know, like just that one team. Because like Bill Russell would be like, man, why why you got the Lakers doing this? You know, fuck with them Lakers anyway. You're, you, there, to me, there could never be enough shine thrown on Bill Russell, and to me, this is enough shine. You're only going to have the cloverleaf patch and the uh, court emblem for one year. This is a lifelong thing. We're going to see other numbers why such as we, this. Why, why we couldn't retire eight or 24? I mean, look I, how Kobe that, went. And that was going to be my next point, Kamikaze, if you would let me finish was that they will continue to see the NBA honor its legendary athletes in the same way once this trend kind of continues. And you will see less and less numbers. But Bill Russell is that glaring example of the NBA done right. And to me, there's no better honor than to honor the man that's given you... I like it. Over 10 championships and... Overall scrutiny was still the first ever black coach in a major athletic league. He didn't give me championships. He, he gave Boston Celtics fans championships. Magic Johnson gave me championships. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar gave me championships. Both having statues. Dennis Rodman. Okay, let's look at it in a different way, Kamikaze. If you if you had to give this honor to somebody else, if you had to, I wouldn't well, give this honor to anyone. That's my thing. You, I don't think that in any situation in any league, a player, you know, should have their number retired league wide. It's funny because I've had this conversation earlier this season around Jackie Robinson daytime because I don't agree with it. I just don't agree with it. Now, so there was, what we're going to have, Bill Russell Day, where everybody in the league wears six? We have Bill Russell Day every day when their NBA is playing from now on. Because every day they will honor that number six with the people that get to Yeah, wear. but I mean like wearing six. Like on the back of that jersey. Like how on Jackie you, Robinson Day, everybody wears that fucking, that, that number, 42. If you, look, if you look around, everybody does it differently, Kamikaze. Everybody does their their the NFL do it differently, baseball does it differently, NBA does like it, it differently. NBA values their players a little differently. But and and I get that part about it. I just don't agree with retiring one number league wide. There's only but so many numbers you can put on. 
if we start a trend like this and keep a trend like this going, eventually it's going to be real difficult for the new guys to find a number. It sets a precedent that every player who has an impact on the game has to have his number retired. And at that point, Jerry West is your logo. You know, if he's good enough to be your logo, why is his number not retired? You know, Kobe Bryant died in a fiery flaze of gory. He lost limbs. Like, why is he not retired? Why is neither one of his numbers retired? Michael Jordan is viewed by a majority of basketball fans as the greatest player of all time. Why is his number not retired? Well, you got to die first? Okay, I get that. All right, Kobe's dead. You know, maybe maybe when you service the NBA as long as he did, and that's as a player, as a coach, as an office representative, as an NBA representative. When you put that kind of longevity into your career, what what, what, what is Michael Jordan doing? Michael Jordan has played on a team, and he has uh, owned a team. Okay, what has he done? Still in the basketball game. He's still in the game. Has has he put enough as much time in as Bill Russell did? No, not yet. No, he has not yet. So why would you want to give him that acclimate? I don't. I don't right. want to give it to nobody. That's my point. I think it sets a precedent that by the time Michael Jordan's dead, twenty three is going to be done the same way. By the time uh, LeBron James is dead, it's an honor. Six, eight, whatever number you want to retire for fucking LeBron is going to be dead. See what I'm saying? No. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm just trying to put you in the mindset that when it comes to a player so iconic as Bill Russell, this gesture is, is, is not is not foolhardy. This is a, an honor that, that needs to be spoken about. You know, not only you don't have success of NBA unless you have success of the black player. Right. Bill Russell was that black player that had success in a white dominated league. You don't have the you don't have the doors opening unless you have those guys. I feel I feel like the more I try to argue against your words, I make myself look bad <laughs> because we should literally be saying opposite shit right now. But I just don't see it that way. Like I don't care that he's black. Like it's insignificant with the number. That's my point. Like the number is what I don't like the retiring of. You know, if you want to do something across the league, fucking put the Shamrock 6 on my floor and put it on my jersey. Don't tell players that they, like, oh, Laker player, you can't wear the number 6 because of Bill Russell. Historically, that motherfucker is a Celtic at the end of the day. That's all we know. So let's just say if an organization wanted to retire the number. If the Boston Celtics wanted to just retire the number. I don't care about that. You would be okay with that? Yes. Okay. He played for the Celtics. That's where we That's where we differ, and I get that. Right. I, I, I don't differ as far as if that was their want, I would be okay with that. League-wide, I'm fine with it. But obviously, you look at it in a different way. Which Bro, makes I, hate that, I hate that 42's retired in, 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 in the Major League Baseball, too. Like, it's not just this. Like... But that you act like you idea sucks. Like you can't, you act like you can't embrace that number in in AEU and in little league and in high school and in college. It's not that for me, bro. 
It's not that for me, bro. It's like numbers for me are important because those are how how I identify the plans that I'm on. There's 99 other numbers you can choose. Why is the one number that you can't choose? Because it's a slippery slope that's going to limit, make those 99 other numbers not there no more. Watch what I tell you. I'm telling you, bro, but you're right. There's 99 other numbers. Watch how many of them bitches get retired over the next five years. Watch how many now, because every great player. That that loses their life. Up, oh, Charles Barkley going to die soon. Look, watch. If, if it's if it was to be stoned to another great player, it would probably be the number thirty three. Only because because Kareem Abdul Jabbar is that goat, so he would probably be at this point the next number to be retired. And if he ain't, that's gonna make me hate this Bill Russell decision even more because of what you just said. Because and Kareem <clears throat> was a Laker, so there. Well, I'm it, good with retiring but, 33. But, but, but then you just Kareem. sentiment. My argument is that, you know, you have the problem with Bill, but once it is acclimated to Kareem, you're fine with it. Not league wide. Not league wide. I'm okay with the Lakers retiring 33 because Kareem was a Laker. I don't want any numbers <laughs> retired league wide. Not a Laker, not a Celtic, not a Piston, not a Bull, not a fucking LeBron. I think 32 (laughs) and 33 are retired now. League-wise? No, and for the Lakers. Well, yeah, they are. But I'm just saying, you know, I'm okay with that. Okay. What I'm not okay with is any number across any leagues being retired league-wide. Because, motherfucker, that that player had a rivalry. If I was a player, I don't want my rivals retiring my number. Cause that mean you like me. I need you to hate me. See what I'm saying? No, I don't. I don't, feel, right. like, I don't feel like we we agree. That's that because you play in a soft ass NFC South, oh. and I play in a tough ass AFC North. And where we come from, we ain't being friendly with with our with our fucking neighbors. <laughs> The man that just voted Joe Barrow MVP in the Bengals to win the division just said that though. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you mad, bro? All right. All right. So yeah, um, I get what you what you, what your point is though. Like, if anybody deserves this award, it's Bill Russell because eleven championships. You can't argue that he put right. the NBA on a map. He put. Black people in basketball on the map. Thank Black you. people in coaching and basketball Thank on the map. Much. He was an activist in his own Martin Luther King type way. Correct. Which I fully respect. So I don't want nobody to think that you feel me. I'm just out here trying to be, you know, anti- negative Nancy right. or anti Bill. Because yes, Bill is one of the Bill is one of the greatest basketball players to ever walk this face of this earth. Bill was a great man. Um, he died. It's over. Let's not retire his number league-wide so my Lakers can continue to wear the number six because when it comes to basketball, it was always fuck Bill Russell to me. You know, and your Boston Celtic, it's, it is what it is. At the end of the day, yeah, I think Jason Tatum's cool. Yeah. But it's still fuck Jason Tatum. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I thought Ray Allen was, you know, the greatest shooter of all time at one point, but it was still fuck Ray Allen, you know? <laughs> like, <clears throat> Boston Celtics and me don't get along. I'm just saying. Here you go. Kendrick Perkins, fuck you. 
All right. <laughs> All right. So All right. let's switch gears um, because if not, this show is going to be forever long because we have a lot of exciting shit to talk about with what's going on in WWE right now. Triple H is bringing them all back. If y'all follow, if y'all follow us, and if y'all listen to the show last week, y'all know we talked about the EO Sky and Dota Kota Kai returns, Correct. the Carrying Cross return. Um, Which reminds me, we got to watch SmackDown sometime this weekend. Yes, correct. We got to watch SmackDown um, because Top Dollar and uh, Adonis. And whatever the chick's name, Hero, came back. Right, right. Go ahead. No, I I think it's important to mention that now with this creative, you know, ability now for Triple H, you're looking at him kind of wronging or righting the wrongs of once in Kennedy McMahon as far as letting certain talents go out. We've already seen a... Took gimmicks that should should have sucked. Yeah, I, I forgot to mention Dexter Lumis coming back. Right. But 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 to look at that now, but then if you're AEW, you're looking at that portal hole that was once there as far as a vacuum for just sucking up the the kicked out talent. It, it is now almost clogged up because now yeah, now it's going to run dry. Now it's going to run dry because Triple H is making sure that. Well, no, I need this guy back. All of these connections. Hey, and not to mention now, I feel like you'll really see a, a pillaging of sorts of, of, of wrestlers that like the way WWE did things was released and now have the opportunity to come back rather than just sticking with AEW because we've seen a lot of talent now because of such a mass quantity by AEW kind of you know trying to figure out their place in this whole right like know, a guy like a guy like Miro or right. as he was in WWE Alexander Reza correct. Correct. He could be a guy that's unhappy with his situation in AEW, find a way out of his contract, and then come back home. Right. To, uh, you know, which I would expect to be a great push because he's that type of wrestler. And I've always felt that he, like Cesaro, was one of those guys that should have been world champion but never was. Correct. Um, We might can see a resurgence of a guy like Andrade El Idolo. Right. Um, We've already seen kind of a uh, a resurgence of attitude when it comes to Kevin Owens presenters now yes. with his product. Um, we've talked, I think, briefly on the last show with the return of one Sasha Banks. And Naomi, that, that is still in the works and still in conversations. I haven't heard anything more on that since then. Okay. Um, but I haven't been um, digging into that news um, as much as I should be. God damn, I should have had something to report on that. I apologize. But no, um, and, and then you look at the overall product, Kamikaze, when it comes to like the Raw and the SmackDown. Yeah, the like the percentage and- of wrestling to um, vignettes or promo is balancing a little more in favor of the wrestling. Okay. So the overall storytelling going on, you're seeing these elongated shots of bouncing around to different wrestlers. The overall storytelling in the ring, Kamikaze, is what I'm getting excited about. Right. You're seeing guys that necessarily uh, are heels meant to put over 
or guys that have success, you're seeing them having success before losing the match. And I think that just goes to the better storytelling now available with one Triple H. Yeah, and you can look at a guy like what's going on with uh, one Tommaso Ciampa. Correct. As an example. Perfect example. Seeing more of him being, you know, the black heart that we know him of to be instead of someone's, you know, little... My tail's dangling behind my, you know, ass, uh, sidekick type shit, because that's not Tomato. The Jack You know, great point there. Uh, such a problem before Kamikaze was the development and character establishment NXT crossing over. Right, because they would made. change who they had to be. And I feel like now you're seeing Tommaso, like what much you said, still being that black card character, which has shown such great success at NXT. I feel like that's going to be the next coming up is that guys that develop what they can in NXT will continue that process. We were seeing that now with the uh, comeback. It's of the group that you mentioned earlier when we talked about wrestling. Hero. Correct. And their ability to, to bring that product now right. into the main right. roster. Right. And I feel like that's because just... They are just, they are just advanced on the mic. That like That's what I want to say. Advanced like, on that. Uh-huh. And fans want that. Yeah, and, and, yeah. That. You want you want somebody out there that can talk some talk some shit, so you can expect them, so you can hold them to something to walk against. Right. You know, and that's what they bring. Um, it sucks that Swerve is locked into a contract with AEW. Um, he's currently an AEW Tag Team Champion with Keith Lee, which I don't mind that portion of it. But I would have loved to see Swerve come back and lead this group, but. Um, I'm I'm still happy to have these guys back. I'm happy for Swerve. Yes, because he's continuing that success that we saw him uh, show on NXT right. levels, and I'm excited for him. You know, the contract thing is is kind of what we've talked about with this segment as far as letting talent like that go, and this being the backlash of now them entering into contracts and us not being able to get them back. Right. You know, and that gets put to a halt right now because, you know, Triple H is in there, you know, righting the wrongs. Um, but I, I, I'm i not mad only because we're seeing the Hit Row now get their opportunity to shine. Right, and and they are going to beef up what has been a very thin tag team division. Um, and, 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 yeah, we promote their promo ability, but they can go in the ring too. You know the 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 female um component of their group. She's she's a great talker. I love to see more of what she could do in the ring. Um, so I, I'm pretty sure we'll progress to that point, even if she's not ready. I haven't seen her much as a wrestler, so I don't know. When it comes to the wrestling ability, kind of kamikaze, it, it always comes. Yeah. You know the mic skills are are the hardest to inherit when it comes to a talent. You know, I, we've seen talent have great success in the ring, but lack the luster when it comes to the mic skills. So to me, with the um, ability of our coachings, our coaches in the development, developmental leagues when it comes to our WWE product, I, I don't fear guys that can wrestle because over time and with the right, uh, when I, I say partner, but heel to baby ratio, once you find that guy and your, your confidence can build up, you can be a great wrestler. We've seen Logan Paul have two matches. Yeah, and, and be he, a good enough wrestler. Right. For me to say there's a there's there's a there's a mountain that he's climbing and he's in the right direction. There's something there and he's got it whatever it is. Whatever it can and be. And right? 
if he works at it, he can he can be great. Logan Paul has that has that trajectory where he's young enough, he's a hard enough worker, and he already looks the part. You know, I, I really would like to know the 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 portion of the back when it comes to uh, looking at alternative talent, and I'm looking at the entertainment world. Uh, we've seen uh, matches with like some Bad Bunny. Yeah, come out very good. Bad Bunny did very well. We, Pat we've, seen, we've seen Pat McAfee now perform, you know, in NXT yeah. in the uh, the pay per view. Johnny Knoxville. Uh, well, I Johnny mean, Knoxville is Johnny Knoxville, and that was but, a, but that was a I, comedy I, gimmick. But that was still a really good story to be told. And and Sami Zayn, I know this is a rabbit hole, but Sami Zayn deserves a lot of credit for how well that match was put together thought out and how it progressed and told the story that they were trying to tell with Sammy being a bad guy, ultimately being conquered by this dweeb of a guy that's not even a real wrestler. Right. You know, the hand shit, stupid but hilarious. Right. You know, and, and mad respect to Sammy for being able to go out there and make that joke of a match seem legitimate. Great example of a guy that was able to take what he did in NXT and continue that in WWE, by the way. Yeah. So, um, but we've, we've had even more news recently, uh, Kamikaze, where you've told me that um, feelers have been reached out for one Johnny Gargano. Yes, I am hearing um, that the Heartbreak Kid, um, the original HBK, right. um, is reaching out to one Johnny Gargano to come. And you start to think that when you see certain things, that the pieces are coming together the way they should. And we mentioned in Johnny, but I'm going to bring it back to something we mentioned earlier with the appearance of Dexter Loomis. Is Dexter Loomis the first domino for that family to reunite? Could be on the main roster. Could be, and um, what a great uh, the way. Uh, what a great we know the way. Just way show to us kind it. of tease the fans out there with the appearance of Dexter, and then of course you hear about Shawn Michaels reaching out to Johnny, uh, two guys there that if given the opportunity to bring what they've created in NXT to the main roster, you it's definitely be incredible, see bro. We might get some DIY action again. And, and then to me, I'm going to go even further in the future. If I can give the... Now, I, I want to incorporate all the WWE Universe into the same grouping in this. But, you know, we, we do have our favorite shows. You know, your Raw guy, SmackDown guy, NXT yeah. guy, you know, European guy, whatever. You know, but when it comes to an opportunity for a Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampo pay-per-view opportunity you're looking at that's two. going to put butts in seats right no matter how many times we've seen it right it's always so good it's always and so, so good. different right. and so better than the last time we've seen it, it that it's going to put butts in seats and to me that's the the, the cherry on the top for me kamikaze that's that's the look the outlook that i'm seeing from this recent uh takeover yeah. you know from triple h and stephanie and nick Khan. You know, for them to really do what they do best, and that's just, you know, put a stranglehold on the wrestling business. Yeah, and we're going to see the women's division 
get a lot tougher with Stephanie in control. So it's going to be more of what we like of the women getting to show their athleticism and be themselves and challenge themselves to be better than they were the last time that they wrestled and things like that. So that's going to be wonderful because we have a women's division full of women that that's all they want to do. It's to show that they are better than the men at some something. And even now I'm noticing with that kamikaze is that the, the, the women are able to elongate their appearances on, on the shows. Seeing a lot more of that draw that, that kind of brought us back to NXT days when the women were, were part of the best part of the show. Right. You know, and I'm liking that, and I'm really liking the ability to for Bailey to kind of kick off this NXT roster into the main roster. You know, I'm really liking that denied dynamic. Yeah, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a lot of it. Yeah, and but, women's stables are going to be great, which brings me to a point. Yes. We talked about it. Correct. We need to involve a woman's mid-card title. We have talked about that. We need to involve a woman's <laughs> mid-card title because there needs to be a championship that you win to, you know, get your opportunity to show us what you can do with a championship you before you get that real opportunity. Right, right. You know, so many times we've seen women be thrust into a, a world title run you know, because the women's championships are world titles. They're thrust into these world title runs, and some of them just aren't believable. They haven't and got it's their teeth on that yet. Mostly on, because of the fans, you know, because... And, and, and it's and not to take a shot at her, because I love Liv, but I don't believe her. Well, I was going to mention, she seems to be on that that trajectory when it comes to losing her title early. I don't believe her. Like, bro, first she had to go face Ronda Rousey, you know, to retain. Somehow she weaseled her way out of that. Now she got to go face Shayna Baszler. That's Miss Snap, Crack, Snap, Crack, or Tap. Like, I don't believe it. Speaking of the (laughs) mid-card kamikaze, I'm really waiting for the lady four horsemen representative to show up somehow, Kamikaze, because to me, this division screams of a foursome, an evolution of sorts when it comes to the possibility of prospects coupled with the history and the regime of two prospects conforming to a four horsemen type. We, we've heard rumors that an MMA four horsemen type of thing we have our Mount Rushmore when it comes to lady wrestlers, which are still in the business. We yeah. still have Charlotte. We still have Sasha. We still have Becky. Uh, your fourth differs. With, with, depends on who you talk to. I'm putting Bailey there. Okay, so there you go. You have I'm those, putting the actual four women on my Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Ladies still in the business. It's time to kind of pull that trigger, and, and especially when you talk mid card, because in when it comes to if I can use the evolution example. A champion, a mid-card champion, and tag, tag team, team champion. champions. Right. Right, in all in one faction. Yeah. You know, kind of the success we saw with... And uh, I think Cole. if you start that off with the full horsewoman of WWE, which would be uh, Charlotte, Becky, uh, Bailey, and Sasha, um, and you give them that direction to go out there and be evolution. Right. Bro, they will kill that shit so that it will give credibility to groups of women that can not only hold all the gold, right. but they can hold it all, they can talk about it, and, and they can right. go ahead and back it up in and the ring. successful with their right. Exactly. They could literally be 
the female versions of a group like Evolution because I, I like it, I would liken them closer to an Evolution than a Four Horsemen. Okay. Um, actually, but because of the way they did it, and they can you know they can style and profile and do their little thing, riding limousines and stuff like that. Absolutely. And show off as if they wore the pants in all of their relationships because you know for some of them you know that is true. It's true. <laughs> So how long, and let's just say it on the air now, so we're crazy. How long do you, do you give WWE before they take that idea and run with it? Um, let's say two months. We've already put it on audio. The microphone's tapped somewhere in this motherfucker. Let's say two months. I give you... I'm going to give you Survivor Series around that time, November. So where we at? So we're in August, August, September, September October, October, November. Three okay. months. Well, you got to set it up for November, though, right? Right. All the that I say that is because, you know, obviously you have Bailey, You have the talks with Sasha. You have Charlotte, which really hasn't done anything. Right. She's been chilling. And then you have, you know... Becky be- got to come back from her injury. Correct. Which should be around, you know, two to three months. Yeah. And I, that fits in perfect for that perfect. surprise faction member. And then you look at Survivor Series. Because remember the last time we saw Becky, she was defending and being defended by Bianca. Right. You hold, let Bianca hold that championship and keep Bailey chasing. Right. And then you have Becky return. Right. When she's healed, looking like she's about to help Bianca, but she actually helps Bailey. Right. You feel me? And then joins that group. Mm-hmm. And then Becky from the inside slowly kicks out Dakota, slowly kicks out EO. Now they got characters to fight against because now they got a beef with this group because they used to be in that group with Bailey. Now Becky's taking over with Bailey, and then they go out and recruit Sasha and Charlotte. You know, and of course, you know Sasha and Charlotte's not gonna want to do it at first because they don't want to work with each other. You know, and you have a whole lot, whole storyline in that in itself that ends up with the Four Horsemen being. The female version of Evolution. Four horse women being the female version of Evolution. Yeah. So two months. We'll see that on the uh, the programming in two months. I just wrote it for you, WWE. All the access that you pay me. Right. <laughs> you probably won't. It's either... You but know, just acknowledge me. Yeah. Just, <laughs> you know, make some money in the crowd. Hold up a sign. Right. Thank you, Beer, beer Buzz Banter. Right. Right. Snatch somebody's sign and just write it on it and right. tell them, hold your side up. Or, you know, hey, you know... A Kevin Owens shout out on the on the, you know, hey yo, yeah right or uh, holy smokes everybody, yeah you know, right something like that would just be fine. Yes. All right. Um, anything else? Kamikaze. Um, anything else? Uh, the Red Sox beat the Yankees. The Red Sox beat the Yankees. It was the first game of a four game series, but I don't care. We beat the motherfucking Yankees. Fuck them bitches. Kamikaze is correct. In the bottom of the tenth inning, correct? Yes. It, 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 <laughs> all right. Let's talk this out as if the game was on right now. Bottom of the tenth inning. I'm counting the batting order. You know, right. we had eight, nine, and one do up. You correct. feel me? I was begging for eight or nine to get on. Because I'm like, we got to get to Devers to win this game. We have to get to Devers. We have to get to Devers to win this game. From what we thought, correct? From what I thought. But then I realized, wait, Jaron Duran is no longer in this game, for one. 
Jalen Davis had hit for him. All right. And for two, Tommy Pham was our one, our leadoff guy. So I instantly was like, well, we good. Because I believe in Tommy Pham. And then Tommy Pham gets up there. Well, somebody ended up getting on for us anyway. Right. We had one out. Somebody ended up getting on for us anyway. Uh, And then Tommy Pham. Does what Tommy Pham does. Hot shot, and down the line, that's a game winner. The Red Sox walk it off against the New York Yankees. Tommy Pham. The new guy did it. The new guy did it. Proving that maybe all of our acquired assets at the trade deadline weren't necessarily terrible. Tommy Pham has enjoyed his success here at Fenway. Um, Yes, so Tommy Pham hit that hot shot that you just heard the call for. Down the third base sideline, it was fair the whole way. And we scored our runner from from third to home because we had already got somebody on at that point. um, That is correct. And moved our runner from second down to third. That is correct. I believe we either bunted or chipped over to third. The play went from third to first, which advanced our runner from second to third. Right, even though it didn't get the runner out at first either, so... Correct. Yes. So it ended up working out. Um, and Tommy Fam, um, thank you for you know making my faith in you worthwhile. Um, and like Patwick said, maybe our additions to our team during the trade deadline weren't as insignificant as we thought. Correct. Because bad, we never really mentioned that. And and to be honest, I don't even think we were upset about the guys that we had acquired because we both knew that we needed some st- stability at first base. Eric Hosma gives yeah, us that. Correct. Gives us that. He you sh- told me he was going to be an apple filled monster and in Fenway when he hit it deep center, it's in that triangle. I love that. Absolutely. You know, so he's going to be some legitimacy at first base if we can keep him long term at some point. Um, I don't know how long he's planning on playing. I know, you know, he's out of his prime. Um, but, you know, I like the guy. I like the guy. I like the guy. Um, as far as Tommy Pham, as soon as I seen his face, I was all I was all in on him. Like, oh, he looked like a motherfucker that slapped somebody for nothing. You feel me? So I got why he slapped Jock Peterson for nothing. <laughs> you feel me? So, and he slapped that ball for nothing. Well, he slapped that ball to beat the Yankees. That, that wasn't for nothing. <laughs> Uh, great game the, for him. His first Yankee versus Red Sox series. So yep, that's and exciting. he's officially a, a Red Sox. I think our major issue with the trade deadline was that we got we lost Christian. We we gave away Christian. Yes. We gave Christian to Houston. That's correct. Like, um, if you were gonna trade Houston off, I mean, trade Christian as a off as a rental, you should have made a deal with the Mets. That's correct. Like, you should have made a deal with the Mets. They were interested. They would have took JD off our hands too. You know, and if you can open up that DH spot, why not? Because then that gives the hottest batter an opportunity, you feel me, that wouldn't play every day to 
hit some balls for you know well, not to mention you open that up that relationship when it comes to general manager relationship when it comes to the the, the Mets which seem to have variable farm system and the, on their hands they have one of the best farm systems in the league so if you could open up that relationship that's just more buku for us yes so yeah um but I think that was the biggest thing but yeah I just you know you asked me if I had anything else I had to mention that we beat the Yankees uh, once again you'll be seeing us as well as probably maybe a couple other people with us at TCW September 2nd at Tanner's in Winter Haven. Don't forget about that event. Yes. Happening um, September 2nd. We have a couple of guests uh, expected to be on the show in the next coming weeks. Uh, we are going to try to steal us an interview at that September 2nd show. Correct. So. That is correct. Uh, we also have the uh, drummer for one Bully For You and Proper uh, Wednesday. Uh, one Chris Santiago... Uh, we saw him at his Bail. 50th. We, had him at we saw him at his 50th uh, over the weekend. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to you, Chris. Uh, we'll be just looking forward to seeing you. And for Kamikaze and one Chris Santiago will be arguing over the AFC North division. Yeah, uh, unfortunately, he's still a <coughs> fan. And he ain't <coughs> <his> fan. <coughs> uh, so there should be a lot to talk about there with, like what Kamikaze said, a Steeler and Yankees fan. All right, uh, we got to find our quarterback median for this year. Um, we do this every year. We got to do it again. Um, so is that our next show? Uh, let's find out with Black Sheep, and if not, we'll figure out something after that. Because I thought we, if you look at the previous year's list, we created a new list. We, uh, we pre- median. But we do it. We we redo it every right. year, anyway. So, so look forward to that show where we create the new medium or half. Is it Kirk Cousins? We don't know. We have to look in the medium <laughs> and find out. So we'll look in our crystal ball and find out. Is um, it Jimmy G? <laughs> well, that's what I think it was. I think it was Jimmy. I G. think it was between Kirk Cousins and Jimmy G. Actually, so I think it was like they were sixteen and seventeen. So it was like the the Cousins Garoppolo line. We called it correct. All right. So yeah. So we got to work on that a little bit. Uh, like Kamikaze said, we'll have some new tidbits, and then we'll actually actually have uh, more preseason games on our docket. We can always discuss. Yes. Um, the NFL is back, and this is our kickoff show. Welcome back, football. Which means if you're a Red Sox fan, you can breathe easy because baseball season has officially ended. <laughs> All right. So, I am one Pat Wick. Dre Kamikaze. Thank you guys so much for listening once again to the Beer Buds Banter. Uh, listen to or follow us on any of your podcast selections. It's everywhere. Just go look up on your podcast platform, Beer Buds Banter. No and. It's three Bs. Beer Buds Banter. Listen. <laughs>